Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of Tattoo Talk with me, Brian Briggs. Um, it's December 15th, 2019, and uh, the going theme lately has kind of been about private studios and uh, how I can help you kind of like get in the mindset that's going to help you skip slow season. And the ways that I go about doing that so uh, a lot of what I talk about is going to be hard for someone to apply like if they don't work for themselves um, but that's like the future um, of the tattoo industry uh, right now I think because a lot of the guys that I talk to um, from wherever like mostly big cities and stuff they're like uh, moving towards having more and more private studios in these kind of places and those are kind of like the leaders of the industry usually in any industry is like in more metropolitan areas so when you talk to a lot of those guys a lot of the older kind of style shops of the past uh, where it benefits the owner the most and the artist the least and the client even less than the artist uh, those are kind of like going away now so um, people are recognizing the tattoo industry as like a real industry now so real business industry tactics are being applied to the tattoo world so you're in if you're in an old school shop you're in competition with new school people that have uh, business degrees and stuff like that you know so marketing degrees or if they don't then they're smart enough to spend money to hire people to do so uh if you're noticing you're in like even a old like historic shop or something like that and the business is just slow uh, it's because there's people that are a lot more advanced than you like more advanced than you are at like uh, getting their name out there in these new ways uh, the technology allows like uh, so uh, that's a I kind of like went off off path a little bit, but what I was trying to get at is that like the um, if you're an artist that's working and and you're uh, cutting you know say fifty percent, which a lot of guys start at or a lot of guys are at, uh, sometimes I feel like that can be made fair to the artist, but it's very rare. <clears throat> excuse me, it's very rare that like a shop that takes fifty percent from their artist actually. Um, does anything to like deserve that 50% so like if they're bringing you in like a ton of clients and uh, they're charging a rate that uh, you feel you're getting your fair shake from it then that's maybe different you know but a lot of shops will take 50% from you and the owner will you know use it at their bar tab or for their you know brand new boat rental or like whatever you know like their mortgage or you know their child support I've had all these kinds of things these are actual things that I've gone through you know so um, there's a lot of bad owners out there taking 50% for people and not really providing anything back and I think that's kind of uh, wrong and it you know like but it also obviously it's wrong but also like I think um people like uh, underestimate their own ability maybe to like be able to go out on their own um, and 
and do it. You know, like even if you're making half as much at first or pulling in half as much, you're still making as much as you were at a shop that was taking 50% from you. So uh, sometimes it's just, well, more and more people I think are finding when I talk to them that uh, it's worth it to just kind of like have your own space and whether that means like renting a booth space from someone for like a flat rate or um, starting your own private studio, which is easier to do um, than a lot of people think, especially in uh, rural areas, kind of like where I'm at, like it's, it's pretty simple, you know, it's pretty straightforward if you have a little bit of drive, you know, they might make you um, jump through a few hoops, like the biggest thing I had to do that was the biggest burden was probably the petition I had to get signed by 50% of all the landowners within 500 feet or uh, of the uh, shop area. So I had to go door to door knocking on people's doors and asking them for signatures to um, say that they were not against me opening a tattoo business here. But, you know, that's because the old school mentality of tattoo shops, like, you know, they don't, they, they thought I was going to come in here and have all these, like, you know, bright, shiny lights in the window blinking and a bunch of motorcycles out front, you know, and a bunch of uh, people in and out of here all the time drinking and smoking and stuff like that. But it hasn't been like that at all. It's just a private studio and, um, you know, it's kind of turning into, like, my personal, like, art gallery. Um, it's really only one or two people in here at a time besides me. And uh, I've, now I have room for another artist too, but I just, I've had that room for a while now and I still haven't found just like the right person to fill that space. Because, um, you know, I want to provide an opportunity for the right person kind of, I guess. Uh, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to make this kind of shop and it's not a unique style of shop necessarily. There's a lot of shops in the country like like this but what I want to do is kind of have multiple artists and we all just highly specialize in, in uh, one thing kind of you know or or like when you see it like you can tell like that, that guy did that uh, there's there's a lot of people like that you know it's not like a crazy thing to, to think of uh, I didn't like come up with the idea like I said but there's a lot of shops moving towards this now and I feel like more artists are feeling like uh, that they need to um, become like I don't know more like reliant on themselves because uh, you're not you're not being offered enough to be giving half of your money to somebody anymore really especially with the internet because like there was a time where 50% made sense and for me I think early on sometimes you know like in an apprenticeship or something like that it can make sense too uh, because uh, there's also like a, a learning price I guess you know that you're paying uh, the person above you or whatever and I feel like when I was paying that much like it was because uh, that's where my value was at too, you know, that's the value I was providing, I was just doing whatever could, uh, scraps kind of came in, you know, like whatever little like tattoos or uh, like names and stuff like that, whatever, like little dates and stuff like that, 
Um, whenever I was doing that kind of stuff, it was like a a different kind of a job almost. It wasn't even really like the same thing as it is now. Because now it's more, it's really like art-centered and I'm able to like really create one-of-a-kind things. And it's not necessarily like just waiting for somebody to come in and tell me what they want to get. It's also like they're leaving something in my hands for me to like be able to mess with and create uh, something unique, you know. So they're like kind of like commissioning me and trusting me with like the art side. So it's, like, a lot different than how it used to be, where it's just, like, I want this, uh, and they're looking for, like, something right now as cheap as possible. Um, That isn't tattooing to me anymore, and it used to just be, like, a lot of shops are kind of made to be like that, and then they fill um, the shop with as many artists as they can and take half their money from every tattoo they do, and then they go on vacation half the year. And that's cool for the owner, but uh, it doesn't promote, like, the kind of lifestyle the artists, like, got into tattooing to be around even. Because, you know, I know, like, er- a lot of people that start tattooing get into it, and they they don't just get into it, like, wanting to be, make a living off art. Like, they see the lifestyle that a lot of these tattoo artists live, and they want that too, you know? So, um, it's, uh... It's not fair for the owner to flaunt that kind of lifestyle, attracting people who have, like, artistic abilities or whatever, and then to turn and make a a crazy killing off of these kids, unless the owner is turning around investing all that money back into the shop and keeping their artists booked up, allowing them to, you know, specialize more in the things they're best at. Because if you're going to have multiple artists, they're all going to have things that they like doing more or they're best at. So why not just let them, like, ride into that niche as much as possible and uh, then their value is more because, you know, if they're really good at something, it's worth more than somebody that's just decent at a lot of things. So I think you have to start thinking ahead, like, the in the to the future. The future is just going to be a lot of specialists. It's not going to be uh, a bunch of shops with, where, like, how it's always been kind of where you walk in and, you get anything from any guy does everything kind of like it's just going to be more and more specialists you go into a shop and looking for the exact artists you want to get uh, people are way more knowledgeable than they used to be so that's kind of changing a lot you know people do a lot of research and so you have to be able to be researched you know you have to have a lot of content out there or a lot of different ways for them to find you um, that's going to help uh that's going to help a lot for the future if you just start stacking things like that. So um, the thing about being a specialist, too, is like you make uh, more money and you work less when you have your own style versus trying to just mimic things from the, uh, over and over from the past or something that anybody could do, kind of. Um, you know, like you don't have to... I mean, like a lot of people... Um, their goal starting out is to make like $10,000 a month uh, and then they think that's what's going to make them happy. I've talked to a lot of people over the years and that's kind of like the going consensus, you know, 100000 a year or roughly like ten grand a month or something. And, uh, you know, like if you're a specialist artist, it's really easy 
not easy, but it's really likely for you to be able to um, make like a thousand dollars in a day. You know, if you spend a whole day, whether um, whether you're charging you know one hundred and fifty or two hundred dollars an hour or whatever, and you're tattooing somewhere like four to eight hours, some people charge more, less per hour and do more hours or more and do less hours or they charge more and do more hours but uh, everybody's a little bit different on that but it's not um, it's not like out of this world that you would make a thousand dollars on a, a day what uh, whatever you decide the length of that day is and say you want your goal was to make a hundred thousand a year or 10k a month um, all you would have to do is work with roughly a hundred people a year you know that's really not that many people when you think about it that way when you have 365 days um, and you only have to work with a hundred people it's uh, it's easier that way because I know that a lot of people have an issue whenever they switch over to specializing um, with like saying I'm sorry I don't have time for the small stuff or like hey that's just not quite my style um, Especially if you don't have another artist in the shop to pick up that money and stuff. Like, that's how it's been for me. It's just me alone in a private studio. And so I have to say no to a lot of stuff. And it was really hard at first. But then when I realized, like, I only have to work with, if I want to make, you know, that much, which is more than I should be making as a person that doesn't have a high school diploma or really any skills besides tattooing, you know, um, like other friends of mine have had to spend, you know, a lot of money on college educations to make similar money or whatever, right? So definitely feel, like, blessed to even, like, be able to shoot for that kind of money. It doesn't always work out that way, but um, it's good to have certain goals in mind, you know, because you can't hit a target you're not aiming at. So eventually I will do where I'm only working with 100, you know, like, that's, like, a good goal to have, I think, though, for somebody that's trying to specialize it makes like a rounded off like simple number that you don't have to like stress like uh like how many people do I have to talk to well you have to talk to a lot of people to get those 100 people for 1000 each you know so it, that's the game really it's not about um like uh you're not going to book every person you talk to you know you're going to talk to a lot of people that want stuff you're not going to be doing but um so that that's the kind of the game is getting like the large end of it's like a big funnel and at the large end of the funnel at the top you're gonna have you know like all the people that have everything that the, all the requests the stuff that you want to do the stuff you don't want to do um doesn't really matter you know like everything every request you get and then at the bottom you know after siphoning through all this these people for um uh, your standards and everything you'll wind up with these few people these 100 clients that's all you have to do so um, it might take a few hundred you know like it depends on your advertising too and, and stuff like that like if you're kind of like marketing towards the right people and saying the right things you're talking directly to them and uh, all your ads are kind of like speaking to them then uh, you could be like basically doing something what I refer to as like grooming your client for like years you know it takes years sometimes to groom these clients and uh, clients are like not always gonna buy in the first time it's like I don't know I don't know by heart like all the numbers 
of that, but there's like a percentage of people that will buy right away, and it's very, very small compared to the people that see your um, posts and your work like seven to ten times, you know. Those are the people that are more likely to buy. So if you're just putting five or six bucks into a boosted Facebook post every once in a while, uh, you're not going to reach enough people to be able to specialize or to be able to run your own uh, private studio, you know, unless you have extensive clientele you've built up from somewhere else already. But if you're like me and you moved across country and then did this, uh, you have to kind of like push yourself on social media in a way that works and... Uh, it, it can take some grooming, is what I'm saying. Basically, like, you have to stay in, in the attention sphere. And uh, the longer you can do that and the more times they can see you over and over again. I have people that are just now contacting me to get tattooed. And it's been, you know, two or three years of them seeing my stuff, seeing all the giveaways I do and the charity stuff or whatever. You know, um, when people mention you or... Like, uh, all the tattoos you do is a big part of it, but the stories, they read them, you know, like, they like, um, they like that, because what people do all day, really, is, like, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling on Facebook, right, and so you kind of have to be one of those things, like, on the feed, otherwise, they're really not gonna, um, see you, they're not, you're just gonna become, um, something that can be googled only really and that's like the last place like well that's the first place a lot of people look I guess you know but like um, but these people that you're grooming you're not going to have a chance you're going to miss out on like a large chunk of people that you could that you could be getting is what I'm saying by not having like consistency um, in that in that realm or whatever so it's a it's like really hard to choose something though you know and stick to it as far as style because like your mind's gonna tell you you're missing out on that money by not doing that small like, bullshit walk-in stuff but a major part of getting more freedom and having hiring clients is uh, is uh, having to say no to a lot of stuff so um, you're wasting your time a lot of times doing a lot of the cheap little stuff uh because in your heart, you know, you're trying to be doing this big stylized pieces and uh, you just don't get those kind of clients like walking in the door every day. You know, you're not going to find those kind of people uh, through walk-ins. Uh, maybe word of mouth, but they're not just walking into places. Those kind of clients, they do a lot of research and they take a lot of time making their choice. And you have to play the long game with those clients to uh, get that kind of like artist lifestyle that you're, you're desiring the kind of uh lifestyle that a lot of shop owners like act like they have but they're really riding off of the artists so like i think it's time a lot more artists just start like branching off on their own and doing it the way i'm doing it just having their own it could be an unlimited amount of private studios and people it just depends you're not gonna be able to do that with generic work is all i'm saying like, you have to have something that is special that people are willing to travel for, too, because you're not just going to be able to depend on local clientele, either. So, uh, this is just my experience, you know? I'm just sharing, like, this is real-life shit, what I've been through, and what helped me. Um, the biggest thing with all of this is just, like, if you're going to do this and be on your own like me and do the way I've been doing it, 
you really have to get a lot of people to show interest and you have to get those people through the door and to do consultations in person that's like there's multiple levels to your like filtration system here and like that's the first one for me is like uh Everyone who messages me has to go through an in-person consultation because I'm not going to sit and waste a lot of time anymore. I used to sit and waste a lot of time trying to quote prices online and stuff, and that's like a huge mistake that a lot of tattoo artists make. And um, yeah, and it even can end up in bad reviews and a bad experience without even somebody getting a tattoo, and they might take you the wrong way. Um, Miscommunications happen. This is, like, the worst uh, first step you can do, like, the first impression or whatever. So, like, you come off really a lot more professional anyways if you require an in-person consultation. Um, The only exception I really make is if someone lives, like, pretty far away. If you're going to have to drive out. I've had clients drive up to, like, 10 hours. This is my furthest client that's driven out. And, of course, I'm not going to make them drive out for an in-person consultation necessarily. But sometimes, you know, you really need to see it in person. And especially for me, I'm a cover-up specialist. So a lot of the stuff I do is really got to be begin with like a um, in-person kind of deal. But it also is just a first good, like first filtration step. And it it kind of um, keeps the people that aren't serious enough, that really don't have money. They're just kind of like kicking tires and checking prices and stuff. And they won't really make it through the door. Those are uh, those kind of people. So, uh, one other like tip too, like I, I was just kind of like talking about and like hearing about in one of the groups that I'm in. Uh, if if you're not in it, you should join in. It's called Tattoo Shop Talk, and I actually have like a lot of good stuff in there. Um, sometimes it's kind of whatever, like artist ego and stuff like that. But that's gonna happen anywhere. Uh, but there, if if you're like looking for you know like real uh, like a diverse group of people to ask questions to or to uh, just listen to about information, you know a lot of people have different tips and stuff, so you don't want to listen to it all. But it's good to to read it all and to see it all. But uh, uh, one thing that we were all talking about on there recently was how. Um, how like some a lot of people will message you stupid shit, you know, like that you think is stupid, but it's because you've been tattooing for however long you've been tattooing, and you can't really like expect people to just know what you know, you know, like there a lot of people out there are just ignorant to this, they don't really understand the tattoo world, they think uh that you know maybe it's a hobby even or something like that, and you're a professional, you know. And so some people will unintentionally be kind of like disrespectful even sometimes, but if you can approach them back in the right way, you can greet them and uh, get them to meet you in person, you know, and make a good impression, but still like kind of like be like a someone that's like uh, informal, you know, and like professional, like it's different than being like, you don't have to be a dick, you know, like you can be like just knowledgeable and like a like a friend that's like, hey, uh, I know you might not know this, but this is how I do it. It's it's a lot different that way, you know. So, um, 
Yeah, so that's my tip. Answer all the messages, even the stupid shit. And be nice and explain how you do stuff and watch like 30% of the people that you thought were really stupid and, and uh, you just like weren't even going to reply to um, end up being like really ideal clients because they didn't have like a predetermined idea of how things worked. And so they just happily followed your advice and your direction. Um, they just got off on the wrong foot, you know? So don't like assume a book by its cover or whatever they say, you know, like don't rush to judgment just because of the way they approach you the first time. They might just be like socially awkward or old, you know, like I get a lot of clients that are, are getting their first tattoo in their 60s or 50, whatever, you know, I'm not saying that's super old, but that's old enough to where, you know, um, a lot of people have gotten, you know, like a tattoo by then. So, um, something held them back, you know? So a lot of times it's just like some kind of like old wives tale or like, um, just like taboo or ignorance, you know? So, uh, when they approach you weird, just assume that uh, they don't know anything about tattoos and it's their first time ever dealing with a tattoo artist. And that's going to help you a lot, I think, in getting that those little niche groups of people. like those. That's who I try to focus on more than anybody is like the lost and forgotten clients. Like Everybody waits for these people to walk in or, or just Google tattoo shops in my local area and find you. But in reality, you should be focusing on these people that nobody focuses on. Like, uh, that's why I started really, like, looking at cover-ups more and getting better at them. And then other people really started liking them. That made me, like, want to do them even more because they were in, in demand, you know. And you're working with people that uh, are lost, kind of, in the tattoo community. Like, they're clients that are, like forgotten about so it's easier to pick those people up um than it is to try to take someone from someone else or anything you know these are all people that need help too and they just need a better direction and stuff so uh, it depends on how you look at everything you know like you don't have to be like a nihilist about stuff and just be like oh it's just slow season you know it's like uh it's a whole thing year round that uh you have to keep up on in order to be able to um, really survive these kinds of times of year or whatever. And different parts of the country have like different parts of the year that are slow, but Christmas seems to be pretty universal. So um, you can really solve that. Like I was talking about that earlier in a different episode that you could really solve um, solve it by like kind of like thinking in advance a little bit and uh, advertising and doing all your kind of like giveaways around like September or a little bit before then and then gaining that like uh, that front level of the um, like really bulking up that front level of interest like those the the filter the top level of the filter you know like filling it up you know with all these people that have interest in whatever it is uh, whatever kind of tattoos you know uh, the more people you have asking questions and requesting consultations, the more you can book consultations, the more you can book and make money off and tattoo. And then the, the key after that is um, focusing on return clientele. But, um, sorry, I get a little bit lost sometimes in my notes and in my talk. And that's really one of my like big 
problems even sometimes too talking to clients is that I'm like a um, over explainer or a babbler like an art babble is what we call it too like I go into way too descriptive or like I can't think of the right words sometimes because like I'm not really educated in like as far as like a degree or whatever so I don't have always like the right vocabulary to explain things that I want to explain but I'll try to over explain shit to people and um, yeah that's a big that could be a big downfall for a lot of us I think and a lot of us are like that kind of ADD and stuff too and like your mind kind of like darts back and forth between things so uh, just be aware of it being aware of it kind of like helps you I think um, overcome those kind of things um, yeah I kind of briefly mentioned something about giveaways and stuff like that. I do a lot of that. Um, every year I do a few of them, at least. At least one or two big ones, too, like a $1,000, uh, an all-day session, something like that, you know? Um, I do a lot of stuff like that you might consider like a publicity stunt or something, you know? Like some anything you can get to get your news newspaper to like cover you or something like that is really, really good. Because if if you could get, say, like, on, like, an online newspaper article, then when someone's researching you, like, one of those clients that um, wants that style that you do is researching for somebody with that style, and they keep seeing stuff, and then they see a news article with your name on it, like, these are all things that are gonna, like, increase your, uh, like, uh, reputation, you know? So you got to really learn to use that kind of the search engine to your advantage and like do whatever you can kind of to like make make a what you want pop up in the google search engine that's like really important you know like when people are searching tattoos in your area or when people like all the keywords um you want them all to pop your shop up and like first you know a big part of that is getting really good reviews obviously you know um you really gotta learn to use google uh, and facebook and instagram to your advantage though paying for ads and making a youtube even is a really smart thing to do uh, if you have like uh, any kind of knowledge about doing videos or if you don't then do what i did because i like a lot of my videos are made by another guy that's like really good at doing that kind of stuff, you know? Like, you have to hire out sometimes and don't be afraid to um, go find somebody else to make something for you if, if you're not able to make it yourself. Um, and then if you do have, like, some kind of YouTube and you're in, like, a smaller area and stuff, it's really good. Even if you don't have, like, a lot of content... Like, my suggestion to people is always to start a small YouTube page that contains videos like, say, um, does a tattoo hurt? Or, how to think of a good tattoo idea? Or, tattoo aftercare, the best, you know, how to heal your tattoo in three weeks or whatever. Um, you know, just, if you can make a bunch of videos like that, put them onto a YouTube account and then make another video that's more like a 30 second ad that um, just kind of it shows a little bit of work it shows you and your personality a little bit uh, maybe in the pictures you know uh, and then 
some kind of voiceover on it that just gives like a real quick and um, like a inviting, uh, really like a a message, you know, like a message that explains like what your business is all about. Like mine is talking about like my ad that plays on YouTube says um, it, it's like written out, you know. I I writ I wrote it out and like. Um, recorded it a bunch of different times so that it would sound like nicer or whatever and uh, basically it's just it's kind of talking about how just the way I feel about tattoos too you know and just how like it's not just a tattoo um, it's like a part of your story and that it's important that you get someone that feels that way about like the ink too it's that it's not just a tattoo, you know, like it's much more to that. There's an experience. There's um, the art is really like attached to emotion. You know, like anytime you can attach your art to emotion, uh, people are gonna be more obliged to like choose you. You know, because you you understand like that there's a, a deeper reason. You know, and they want someone that understands and puts extra effort into what they're doing because of uh, the backstory too you know like they don't want someone anymore that just is like the generic artist like that's the thing of the past I guess that's what this episode is about <laughs> uh, sometimes I don't know exactly what they're going to be about I have some notes but there's like uh, a lot that just comes out kind of so uh, really like a big a big tip for me is uh, that you really have to try to do whatever you can to establish yourself as the local expert. Um, people will see you as what you see yourself as, too. That's a big thing that I've learned. And um, a lot of times, it's, you know, tattoo artists are similar in the ways that we grew up or like our our past and stuff so um a lot of people are kind of like self-conscious or suffer from you know like that kind of like like thing so um it's really hard to kind of establish yourself sometimes as a local expert in your own mind you know so needless to say it could be hard to do that to others too so um, some things you can do are like obvious stuff like if you've won awards you know or if you have um, sponsorships or there's articles written about you um, but also like it doesn't have to be something that you won or something that's an accolade necessarily it could just be educational seminars you took you know like pictures of you with these people and um, just kind of like uh, documentation of your life like the, not even accomplishments like things that you that you want over other people but things that you just did that are monumental to you you know like even practice stuff that you've done like so, you'd be surprised what people are really like um, like amazed by you know and and you might think it's not that great but you just have to share everything, all the process of everything you do, like the art you do, the drawings you make, uh, you know, just always be making videos and content out of that kind of stuff too, like, it's so easy to forget, like, people will forget to even take pictures of their tattoos and stuff, and that's crazy, you know, like, 
you really got to uh, be consistent with that. Keep putting it out there. And um, there's nothing to be ashamed of showing your work. So I don't really see why there's a problem with that, you know. Uh, the less you put it out there, the less people see it. That's all. It doesn't hurt anybody except for you by not putting it out there. Uh, so, yeah. The idea is to get people talking about tattoos and... Uh, you know, making it about more than art or more than just the ink too, you know? Touch emotion somehow. Tell the stories behind your tattoos more in the posts and people will see you kind of like a local medicine man more than anything, you know? They're, you're connecting them to their spiritual side and you only need so many of these kinds of clients and you'll be busy all year because they'll return over and over and they'll also blast your name everywhere and pass out all the cards for you and they'll become like your very own street team and uh, they'll multiply quickly and they'll, they'll feel appreciated so they're going to keep multiplying and keep finding more people to do that and it's just going to grow more and more and uh, you could do that anywhere you could pick up and leave that's what's cool about being a tattoo artist is that you can just start again anywhere and within a year or two of uh, just being good to people treating them right and giving them the best of what you can give them um, you'd be surprised how quickly you can build up a clientele that will keep you uh, make you doctor money and shit you know if that's what you want to make or you could live a humble life and you could do less stuff just highly specialize um you know, you could you could do anything you want, really, in this industry. You could choose the kind of life that you want to live. It's just, like, some people like to stay busy, and some people do, you know, do things to where they're going to be constantly working harder. But in reality, like I said, if you're working with 100 clients, you have 265 days off every year versus, you know, like, working, like, I would never do anything else again. This is... A, you know, that, that's the goal, basically. Like, uh, one day I'll get to that point, too. Um, there's a lot of guys doing that, is what I'm saying. Like, I've met a lot of tattoo artists over the years that easily do that or more. And, um, you know, if they decide to and then travel the world and don't even have a shop. You don't even need a private studio, really, to do this, I guess. If I think about it, like, my other, like, thing that I think about sometimes is possibly just, like... Um, if I had other artists working here, keeping these doors open and just traveling, just going convention to convention, renting a booth, um, building a clientele up in all major cities across the United States, and just going to circuit travel all year long. I know people that have done that and just done like 12 or 13 a year and not worked at a shop. And that works great too, you know? Like, um, Man, it's just cool to be a tattoo artist. Really grateful, really. And I put like eight, almost nine years into this and just getting to this point where I get more freedom. So I'm just trying to kind of like not only give back the information I've learned kind of, because um, to me this all sounds like duh, you know, but at the same time, uh, I remember not knowing a lot of this kind of stuff and maybe it could, you know, kind of like uh, shave some time off for anyone else that's kind of like, in in that boat of uh, where I once was, I guess. Um, man, so, yeah, so, you know, I keep talking about how it's, like, it's not really about keeping, or it's not about, like, getting all kinds of new clients all the time. That's what a lot of people are always focusing on, getting this massive following. But if you just focus on the following you have, you probably already have plenty of people to work with.
and you'd be surprised. Um, you know, if you just listen more and speak less and just ask questions and listen to these people, uh, communication is really vital to serving these clients and giving them the best results. You just got to tell them what you require after listening, you know, don't alter your standards. So like people think communication means like you tell me what you want and I give it exactly what you want to you. But really it's like, Hey, this is what you want. You have to clearly communicate that there's going to be some transcribing done that you're going to take their idea and put it through your system uh, your thoughts, your brain, you're going to wash all their idea and turn it into your creative one-of-a-kind piece, you know, that only you could have created because your style is yours, not theirs, you know. So you took their subject matter, their meaning, their purpose, and you made something that only you could have made. And if you explain and communicate that way to people, then they're more likely to give you the kind of freedom to be able to do that kind of art. And, um, yeah. You know, like, you have less problems along the way, too, with, like, people asking for a design and stuff like that, because uh, you're not just going to give away those kind of designs, so, obviously, you explain that kind of stuff, too, though, you know, like, tell them that you're not going to get a design till the day of the tattoo, uh, tell them if they cancel that their deposit is going to uh, be yours, you know, um, tell them all this stuff, because that's really going to be a big thing that's going to avoid getting you any bad reviews, which is, like, a huge... Um, shit stain for you, you know, like, you can, you can get rid of bad reviews by, like, getting a bunch of good reviews, but, um, like, it'll still be there, you know what I mean, like, no matter what, so, but, like, and it sucks, because, like, for me, for instance, like, I don't even have any bad reviews, I only have, like, two people that left me bad reviews, and neither of them I've ever even met or talked to, um, who knows why they even left them, you know, like, I try to see, but they don't even respond, uh, people can just leave you one for no reason, too. So there's nothing you could do about those people, right? So all you got to do is uh, focus on getting um, getting the people that get tattooed by you to leave uh, just like an honest um, little, you know, review about their experience and stuff. And and uh, you, you can't do anything about the, the idiots out there or whatever. But... Uh, you know, um, anything you can do to kind of, like, avoid those misunderstandings in the end by, like, explaining everything up front is gonna be really, really good for your whole career, too, you know, just get really good and at, at doing that in the beginning, and, uh, you're gonna save yourself a lot of time, money, and headaches, uh, in the future, because reviews really matter more than anything, uh, to me, at least, it's like a public word of mouth, you know, like, you can get so much word of mouth from some one person walking around, um, just being like, you know, like, uh, going to work, you know, going to church, doing whatever and showing off the tattoo and people ask and they hand out your card. You gave them a stack of cards to hand out and, uh, they're handing them out for you, you know, but how many people can that person really reach that one person that sees everything in person? Uh, if you put that picture online in multiple sources and uh, thousands or hundreds of people even doesn't even dozens of people that's more than what was being seen so it's always worth it to put your stuff out there especially on like google business pages you want to constantly be posting on that every like at least a couple times a month because um, that actually helps your um, 
your shop kind of like boosts up in the rankings too. Like if you're an active user of your Google business page and other people aren't around you, then, um, and you're putting pictures all the time up and stuff, it's going to show your stuff first because you're an active user of their platform. So that's something to think about. If you're not posting pictures on there regularly, um, you're missing out on business. So, um, basically, you know, you really want to focus on those reviews and try to control that narrative as much as possible. I'm not telling you to do anything dishonest, you know, but like if you can get people to leave reviews, like one thing I do is offer like a giveaway every year and Thanksgiving, I do a drawing where I give away to one reviewer. So, um, a lot of people will review the shop because, um, you know, they get a chance to win a $500 tattoo every year if they just, all they did was leave a review. So, um, that's worth it to me. You know, if I'm getting dozens of reviews a month off of that, um, um, that chance, that one chance for one person to win, you know, I, I'm always giving back to my clients like that. So, um, those are good ways to get people to do what you want them to do is to offer something in return, right? So, um, yeah, basically, um, some other notes I have here is just like, something we already talked about, but, um, there's like, we're having conversations, uh, in one of the seminars I took with, you know, you end up in a group with like a, a bunch of other tattoo artists and stuff. And some of them were talking about like, um, like how we used to, every shop was 50% for a long time. And then, um, he got an offer, you know, to pay like $800 a month. And he was like, eight hundred. You mean like eight hundred a week, or? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, like of course he took that chance, and then, um, you know, just started killing it. And I think that that's like, um, that's like, just that that was like a guy that is a little older, you know. And this is he was maybe one of the first people to be at a shop like that, and then that's all he's done ever since then. And his shop is the same way now. Um, five artists and they all just pay booth rent and stuff, you know? And I think that every shop like that that I've talked to, like people that own those shops or work at those shops, like the artists are way happier and they're doing way better work. So really that's what this episode, the main idea was supposed to be about. It's just about like um, if the artist is happier, then the client is happier too, you know? So um you could be, you know, in some kind of oppressive shop that's kind of like holding you back and, um, and a, a booth rent could be a little bit scary, you know, um, opening your own private studio could be a little scary, but a lot of times I think that's going to be the answer in the future. A lot of people are going to be doing that and you may or may not be ready for that. You know, that's going to be up to you and there's a lot of paperwork and health department shit to go through when you do that kind of stuff by yourself, but, you know, if you could just rent a booth from somebody, and, uh, it's just, like, it's a different kind of lifestyle, like, you're way more free, like, definitely having a three-year-old, it's been a really good blessing to be able to, to, um, kind of make my own hours and work whenever I want to work and go home when I want to go home, so, um, 
Man, I've been in a lot of different scenarios like that. Um, I've been in shops that are more private studios, but uh, still charge percentage even though they're a private studio. And and that's the worst situation you could probably be in. Uh, paying, I was paying 30% and thought I was in heaven. You know, I was doing great, but I was having to pull in all my own clientele, supplying all my own stuff, advertising my own self, like uh, getting everyone I knew off of uh, Facebook to have them get tattooed. So... I wasn't getting anything from the shop. I was only paying 30% of whatever I was making so that the guy that had the lease in his, and it's not even like he's a build, building owner. He just has the lease in his name and did some of the health department paperwork, you know, and he deserves to get 30% of your money or 50% for what, you know? Um, uh, that's a really bad situation to be in, and you might as well... Um, I don't know. You got to find a way out, basically, is is my idea on that, and that's what uh, that's what I did. That's what a lot of guys did, and a lot of guys teamed up together too. You know, to like start their own places by like putting ends together on a roof over their head, and maybe that's the best way to go. I know that it definitely is going that way, regardless of whether it's best or not. But I think that a lot of people are clinging on to the past because. Um, they own, you know, like a bunch of those old kind of shops and um, they're scared of, of a big change like that because the, the power uh, basically would be in the hands of the individual artist rather than a company. And um, like I said earlier, though, don't get me wrong, there are companies out there that invest back into their shops. They take 50% from you, but then you make, you know, four times as much as you would by yourself or something because they're putting all that money into ad revenue and keeping you booked out six to months to a year. Um, but myself personally, I don't like the idea of working in a shop where I have to be booked out that far and don't have as much choice or freedom in my day to day. And, um, I book out about two months and I, I've tried to keep three to four big tattoos a week. And, um, you know, uh, in order to do that, I, uh, just try to keep um, as many consultations as I can going every week. You know, some at minimum, I like to book two to three in a week so that I stay a week out for every week I work. But sometimes it doesn't happen, and sometimes you get 10 or 15 people you book in a day, and it's crazy, you know. But instead of booking all those people for one week or something, I spread it out, and then um, that way I can stay booked out a couple months. And I've been able to do that for like two years straight now. I haven't had any times where there was a slow time of the year. And I think that pretty much any artist could probably do that with the right kind of uh, motivation, basically. Um, and a lot of internet time, you know, a lot of time sitting there and posting content, just talking about your ideas. Uh, can't be afraid of what people think. And, uh, I really can take a go-getter, um, you know. It's like extreme talent in the end. Like, talent never really... I don't know. Like, talent can go unnoticed is what I guess I was trying to say here. It's just written confusingly. Um, talent can go unnoticed if it's not being put out there, basically, you know? Because there's, like, that old saying, like, Sailor Jerry always said, like, 
good work speaks for itself, but maybe back then, you know, like, um, you could open a phone book and look up tattoos and there would be two tattoo shops, you know, in the whole San Francisco area where there's probably 300 or something now. I went to Columbus, there was 200 tattoo shops there, so it wouldn't be surprising to me. Um, your work doesn't speak for itself anymore. You have to put it out there in the right way. You have to tell the story behind it. You have to connect emotion. You have to do a lot more than just the tattoo because that one person is going to show 10 people. They're going to maybe 100 people. And 10 of those people are going to show interest in the tattoo. And one of them will end up getting one, maybe. You know, but if you put it on the internet, thousands of people have seen that tattoo. And uh, it's a lot different, you know. You, and if you put money into that ad, then tens of thousands of people may be seen that. And so that one or two people that would have shown interest turns into a few dozen. And then it multiplies and increases itself. So you have to just think about it as a numbers game, I guess, in the long run. And uh, if you could do that, then you're going to do yourself a huge justice. And uh, yeah, that's basically... All I have to say today, I think uh, I got in like almost an hour right now, so I'm sorry if my voice is shitty, I'm a little bit sick, and uh, it's that time of year, you know, so it's almost Christmas, and I'm excited to uh, give my son presents, he's three years old, uh, so that's still fun years, and uh, we got some different things coming up soon uh the detroit tattoo conventions coming up in the end of february and then march we're gonna go back home for a little while to the tattoo convention in modesto california and uh yeah so i'm always trying to like line up those kind of trips and stuff i'm trying to do as many as i can because i try to do seminars while i'm at those and learn from people and that always helps me grow and uh if you get a chance to go do that kind of stuff you should and if you're going to any of these tattoo conventions, you should let me know. And uh, maybe we could link up and um, even maybe do an episode together or something like that. You know, I'm always looking for, like, people that would be willing to do this. But it seems like a lot of people have a podcast and stuff. So, um, you know, it's not, like, that enticing to, like, hey, let me go do this guy's podcast or whatever. But, uh, you know, sometimes you get people that would be interested in maybe having, like, a fun little conversation I haven't got anyone to do it yet, so hopefully soon we can get um, more people involved. And uh, some of my friends, you know, that have some, some cool insight into tattoo history or, like, just whatever, stuff like that. But uh, for now, it's just me, and hopefully that's good enough for y'all. But uh, until next time, it's me signing off, and you guys have a wonderful week.